The heist begins on Aldani. Skeen turns on his allies. Several rebels fall and more as the Sky Guys are back to recap episode six of Andor. We are back here on the sky, guys, recapping the mid-season point of Andor. We are through two arcs of the show, three, six episodes in the books. The heist has finally happened. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Phillips. With me today, as always, the man is always here in the narration every single week. Pete Constantor is here. Pete, how are you? Doing well. Another week, another episode of Star Wars uh, Andor, like you said, halfway through. Um, it's funny because we, we got the first three episodes the first week, so it doesn't really feel like we're six episodes in. Sure, this back half is going to feel a lot longer since it's only one episode a week. But yeah, excited to talk Star Wars as always with you guys. Absolutely. Also with us today, the Imperial Commandant of this podcast, Nick Frieda, is here. Nick, how are you? Doing good. Um, excited to talk about this one, and I'm sure we all have a lot to say. Yeah. Also joining us today, our special guest, uh, brother of Nick Frieda, gave us he gave the sky a toast, and Nick's just laugh at how they try to incorporate. Uh, I'm great. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I've been looking forward to coming on the podcast. Yeah. So, Phil, since we haven't talked to you yet, give me your general takeaway. What do you, what do you think about Andor this season? Uh, I think I think it's great. I think Disney knocked it out of the park. It's a it's a great show. It maybe even is. I, I think it's better than Mandalorian actually so far. I know that's an unpopular opinion because of Grogu, but uh, if you take Grogu out of Mandalorian think this show is better so uh so far i think this may be the definitely the best tv product disney's given us but perhaps the best star wars product they've given us also yeah that's that's for sure exciting to see here and pete as we tell everybody here on the podcast feel free to subscribe to the sky guys on apple Podcasts, google play tune in stitcher spotify amazon all the suspects Come to a little later in the week we have some scheduling issues so we're recording on friday night this is gonna be in your feeds on saturday we'll be in the sky in the uh doesn't suffer for you till closer to Monday. So if you want this as quick as possible, make sure you're on the Sky Guys podcast. Yeah, absolutely. For those who are new, uh, make sure you're subscribed. For those of you that have been listening to us on other methods and you're not subscribed yet, um, really kind of pressing you here. Please subscribe. Please do it. Absolutely here. And Nick, people people check us out on Instagram as well. I know the meme factor is starting to get to get cracking again. Uh, yeah, at Sky Guys Podcast, and we're going to have some things coming out soon once we get more content. Absolutely. Sky Guys Podcast as well. You'll check out the YouTube version of this on my YouTube page, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Phil, we have the video version up. You're going to see some fancy graphics in the podcast later, including our MVP leaderboard. That's going to be up on there as well. You're going to contribute to that today. Yeah, um, I'm excited. I've been following. Uh, I, I I do subscribe to the podcast, so uh, I, I'm, I get the live feeds when they come in. Yeah, so Pete, Phil, listen to us. That's it. We we've won. Yeah. <laughs> now we just we need a couple more, but that's okay. That doesn't take away Phil's subscription. So we appreciate it, Phil. Thank you. Yeah, uh, of course. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Subscribe me on. Absolutely here, and as we do every week here, let's get to the Star Wars news. Nick got a couple of things for us this week. Uh, yeah, we have two things. One is the big news that everyone knows is that. Harrison Ford is going to be Thunderbolt Ross and replacing uh, William Hurt in in the the MCU. I guess the first movie he'd be in is Cap- the new Captain America that's coming out. And I actually don't know the release date on that. I think it's twenty. I know they moved a lot of the release dates. It's, I think it's currently set for May of twenty four, but I know they're moving a lot of the dates, so it might end up being different. But yeah, so the Harrison Ford, Han Solo to us is going to be in the MCU. Uh, Phil, he's surprised that Harrison Ford is doing Marvel. Uh, yes, <laughs> I'm very surprised. Uh, he he seems to always make these comments that he doesn't want to do movies like this, but uh, I guess I guess money talks. They, I'm sure they paid him a boatload of money. Yeah, it does. What else you got in the news department, Nick? One more thing is a best-selling novel, The Love Hypothesis, by Ed Ali Hazelwood, is being ad- ad- adapted into a film for Netflix. You're probably saying, how does this impact us at all? The characters in the Love Hypothesis novel are based on Kylo Ren and Rey. So just something that's all. It has nothing to do with Star Wars, just two characters that were from Star Wars 
or were, were the I guess the model, the basis of these characters in this book, and now it's being turned into a Netflix movie that should come out in a couple of years. All right, that's an interesting point here. I want to add one more piece of news. We talked about off offline, Nick, as well. There's some rumors going around about the casting of uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn in Ahsoka. I guess, yeah, I guess it is uh, a rumor. News. I, I was trying to avoid rumor, but yeah, you're right. It is something to talk about. But Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, rumor is that he's going to be casted by the same guy who did his voice, which is Lars Mikkelsen, right? Did I say that right? Yep. Yep, and he... That'd be good, right? Same yeah. guy who did the voice might as well, right? Yeah, Pete, taking the Bo-Katan approach for Thrawn, I think would be fine in my book. Yeah, I'm just... I'm kind of... Not to say I'm sex. I know this is a rumor where this isn't confirmed, but I mean, I just... I feel like they're really not leaving anything up for a surprise, right? It's just like everything's kind of getting thrown out there already. So I'm hoping that it's not actually confirmed and it stays a rumor and we'll see what happens in the show. But um, hopefully I don't give too, too much away when it comes to those, you know, great cameos or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Here I do. I will also say though, Pete, I mean, this is the same universe that kept uh, Grogu a surprise when he was debuting in Mandalorian. It kept Leia's a surprise and surprise in the, in the lead up to Obi-Wan. They're, I'm sure they have something I'm not telling us about that show. Maybe. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know if it's because they want to hype it up even more that they're releasing all these things. But yeah, well, look, the time will tell with that show. We were still a ways out. We are still a ways out. Let's focus on the show we're talking about here today, which is episode six of Andor entitled The Eye. We get the big heist. We get the whole eye, like basically a stellar show that the locals are there are worshiping. And Nick, I think it was a good choice of the show. We, we spent about the first like 45 minutes of the 48-minute episode just on the heist itself and the afternoon. I thought that was a good choice not to try and shove the other storylines in. Yeah, it was. It was definitely... Uh, unfortunately, there's no dinner, and that's clearly been skipped, but that's okay. Um, but they, they did a good job making us interested in this heist and actually pulling it off in a way that was actually entertaining. It wasn't something that... Because all these characters, except Cassian we know are not important to the story of star Wars, but they still made a way to make us interested in the heist and who was going to live and who was going to die. And good job. Yeah. Phil, we're talking about last week on the pocket. This is going to be a bloody heist. This rebel team. Not a lot of them were get out alive. And pretty much we nailed that because I think at the end of the day, we're, I mean, we're spoiling the end of this. If you haven't seen the episode yet, but at this point, I think only Vel survives. I think Cinta gets left behind. She gets stuck on Aldani and everybody else in the group is dead besides Cassian. Yeah, uh, and we're going to talk about Skeen, uh, who his death is a little unconventional, but uh, but we'll get there. But yeah, uh, definitely saw that coming. Uh, I, I was actually uh, kind of wondering if the heist was even going to be successful, but uh, obviously it was. Yeah, it was at least part of it. They got away with some of the payload here. And let's start at the beginning here. We get this lead up to the heist here, and... Pete, I did think it was interesting at the beginning of the episode. We get this big chat with Cassie and Nemec as they're getting ready to like head out in the morning and do this. So they had this whole discussion on the motivations of why they're doing what they're doing. And like Cassie and like, talks about, oh, like, I'm just here for whatever. And Nemec's like, I believe in you. And he gets how he has trouble sleeping. And Cassie and like slept like a baby. I, I thought it was interesting that conversation, how that started. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what Nemec expected. I mean, Cassian literally said, I'm here for the money. I don't care. Like, I just don't want to have to keep, you know, looking over my shoulder that you don't know what it is. I'm here to get paid. I'm going to do the job. I'm going to get the hell out. So it's nice to see, I guess, a character try to humanize another character, if you will. But it, it, I'm not really sure what answer Nemec was, was thinking he was going to get when he was talking about motivations of this. Yeah. I don't think. Right now, Cassian is full in rebellion mode. I think he's still more of like a sellsword. He's a, he's a bounty hunter. He's I'm gonna go in, um, get paid to do something and get it out. Yeah, Nick, this this was good foreshadowing. Though good setup work on the episode department here, where we start the episode with a conversation of Cassian and Nemec, then we end the episode after Nemec dies. He says, and he gets his manifesto from Vel. It says Nemec wanted you to have this. So I thought there was a good setup work here in the episode. Mm-hmm. We had said it before that Nemec, well, we knew he was going to die. That was like the most obvious thing. But actually, he lasted longer than I thought he would. But yeah. I think he was an important character to Cassian because we had mentioned this. And I think we had mentioned this last week when we had Dan on that he goes from selfish to selfless. 
and it took someone to show him that way, and it looks like it was him. Yeah, so what do you think about Nemec? Uh, I actually think Nemec is, the, and this is going to sound like I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. I actually think he's one of the most important characters in any Star Wars show ever. And the reason why is because the original trilogy, and I think it's because the movies were kind of geared a little bit towards children, doesn't really explain why there are these rebels in the first place, right? So, so you know that there's these big bad guys, and then there's these rebels who are rebelling against the bad guys, but it's kind of unclear why the rebels are motivated to the cause anyway. Nemec actually puts some sort of a philosophical perspective behind the cause, and then you can start to understand, okay, there are philosophical objections to the Empire, and that is able to motivate people to join a rebellion. And then they also uh, give you a little bit of stories about how uh, the Empire has harmed families and things of that sort, which kind of, now you can understand the the boots on the ground, right? So so in the original trilogy, you, you understand why the Jedi, the few remaining, are rebellious uh, against the Empire, but you don't really understand why, why, why are there henchmen or soldiers uh, trying to defend Princess Leia as they're getting slaughtered by Darth Vader. Why are those guys doing that? Why don't they just say, you know what, uh, I, I want to switch sides? And and now you understand why. Yeah, Peter has an interesting point here as well. I mean, you get, like, Nemec sort of the like, beginning of that, like, philosophy of this, but, like, it's incomplete. We've seen that conversation, too, where, like, Cassian, like, talks to him, like, you're half right. It's like, you understand the motivation, but you don't understand the Empire side. They just don't care in terms of all this. Like, you're not going to talk them out of doing whatever they're doing here. So that was interesting, like, counterpoint. It's sort of like, he has the half of the puzzle that Cassie doesn't have yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that was interesting as well. And uh, I I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I, at this point, I don't think anyone really knows except for the two people that are in the Empire trying to help. Um, really knows the motivations of the Empire and what they really want to do. We just see, you know, as Rebel, you know, as rebel forces, they just see the destruction and the takeover and, and whatever. So it was an interesting point to make. Nick, anything else on the rebel side of the lead up here you're interested in? Because I know one thing that caught my attention was that they talked about how Tamarin used to be a former stormtrooper and that, like, he had an issue with Sinta because Sinta, like, his family was murdered by stormtroopers. So I thought that was interesting, like, a bit nugget to get before he starts the mission. I thought it was interesting because it's the first time we've even mentioned the word stormtrooper in the show and we're halfway through it. Hasn't been any. We haven't seen them. They haven't been mentioned yet. And I think that's interesting. And I think that's what makes the show so great is that it doesn't follow the same old boring, stupid stormtroopers missing shots and good guys running around like idiots chasing Leia with their little coat on. Like it's Austin Powers. Yeah. So that's what I liked about it is that they mentioned stormtroopers for the first time, but they didn't make them seem like a joke. The Empire doesn't seem like a joke in the show. They seem pretty. Like, they had to pull this heist off pretty perfectly for it to work, because the Empire's not a bunch of idiots. They're competent. Yeah, that's for sure here. Let's talk a little bit about the Empire side of this one. And I do think also we see, basically, Phil, that the that Gorn is basically wor- like working the base. His commander comment shows up. Uh, J-Hole Behaz is the guy in charge here. I thought it was interesting when they had the conversation with him and the engineer shows up to basically try and press the guy about the Scott, about the eye and show whatever. And they talk about, Oh, like we have to tolerate these villagers coming in. Like we set up little like traps along the way, basically like to tempt them not to come along. We got it down from 560. I thought that whole conversation is very interesting to see how the empire viewed this whole situation. Yeah. That's uh, that, that goes also towards what I was saying earlier. It gives you more color of why are there these rebels? And now you're seeing why, like Pete said, you've got an empire that's coming in and just, ravaging planets and and people and cultures and and just doesn't care it's got a very uh imperialistic flair to it from from you know maybe the 1700s uh 1600s with colonizers but it's the same kind of idea they 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 go to planets they mine the planets for its resources and they destroy the people and the cultures and that that also explains why people are motivated to this rebel cause beyond just well because we're jedi and we're good yeah nick what do you think about the uh commandant here who is the, who's uh goran's boss in the episode what do you think about this guy um i think he's he is the 
the word I'm looking for. He's the one guy that you can just say and say, that's the Empire. That's the Empire wrapped in one person. Yep. Greedy. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, he's the he's the poster boy for the Empire. Yeah. He's like as close as you can. Yeah, exactly. What was his name? Uh, is J-Hold his first name? Is J-Hold B has. All right. And we're assuming he's dead, right? I don't think I, I, he might be dead. I mean, we did see him drop at the end of the episode. I don't know if he actually like gets revived at any point, but like, yeah, yeah. And Pete, this guy I thought was interesting too. We get some, even see some of his family life, and like he's like talking about like how to his to his wife and his son, like, hey, like everything's got to be on point. The guy here controls promotion, so I'm, if you want to get off this planet, we have to like impress the guy. The the thing, the image like that stuck with me that that whole sequence is like when he's getting dressed and like. He can't close the belt, and it just sort of struck me like how we had the metaphor from Cassian earlier in the season, how the Empire's gotten so fat they don't really pay attention here. And it's thought it was great that like, his wife points out, oh, maybe you expanded, and he said that the thing shrunk. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Nick hits the nail on the head. It's just like that's just the epitome of what the Empire is, is that guy. Um, I mean, good for the wife to, to make a comment like that. I was kind of thinking of it too, thinking it too so I'm glad she said it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a good correlation between what Cassian said earlier in the show and now um, and what we see with, with this guy is like a personification of it, right? Yeah, absolutely is here. And Phil, what do you think of like the scene we get here before? Like like we see obviously that like the four guys in the uh, in the in the royal party basically pretend that they're sor- that they're soldiers who are assigned to the group, and then they escort the civilians in. Like, what do you think we get that meetup where we have the civilians like? meeting up with uh, Jay hold and the empire guys and they, as they basically give them permission to come by and observe the, observe the eye, the, the, the uh, spectacle from that. And like this whole thing where they're basically not seeing eye to eye. Gorn is not giving the correct information. What do you think about that whole exchange? Uh, I mean, I think it's again, more of the same. It's, it's, it's showing you the, uh, like, 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 like we've discussed the empire's just complete disregard for the, the people and the cultures of of the planet, uh, right? That's, so, so you could you could theoretically have somebody greet these locals and uh, understand their culture, or maybe even show an interest in learning about their culture. But clearly, that's not what the empire is doing. It's more of a yeah, we're just going to appease you so that we can keep taking your resources. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to the heist here. It's probably about the next like twenty five minutes of this episode is what's going on here. And Nick, the basic layout of the plan here is that like Gorn basically has like assigns the soldier around and says you four which is our team here they're going to sneak in they're going to follow into the base and escort the command the commandant back to get set up here while vel and cinta who i didn't mention earlier like we sort of learned that they're the couple that who that's who cinta is with so they're working together they're going to jam communications and then they're going to like parachute in and help like ambush everybody inside once the doors close when gorm just traps them in there so what do you think about the general structure of this plan how do you think it's set up i think it's a good plan uh, it's a good idea, a good way to get in. They had a guy on the inside, which always helps. And they were they were able to get in there relatively unnoticed, or pretty much not relatively, entirely unnoticed. And I don't think so. What went wrong in the plan had nothing to do with the plan itself. It was just bad luck, honestly. So I think the plan itself was pretty perfect. Yeah, it was, and P. I did think it was interesting at the start of this thing when we see them slam the doors there. That like Cassian, like like they had everybody sort of hold up, and Cassian's like hesitant to pull the trigger. And we see that the whole thing situation changes because Cinta comes in and just shoots somebody and says, "Okay, now you're gonna take us seriously." Like everybody just get down. We're gonna take him as a, the rest of you are hostages. We're taking him as collateral to go get open the uh, base. So like Gorn's formation all worked out pretty well. They seem to have a very clear picture of what they need to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the plan was good. Cinta's a complete badass in this episode, in my opinion. Um, but she, you know, she comes in and does what Cassian didn't or wasn't prepared to do and, and just try to get this moving along. I mean, they were their whole plan. They were late, right? They were just always late. They were always behind. So I, it's, it's cool to see that it actually went through. And I, and I think uh Cynthia's character was the only grounded character that kept everything rolling throughout the whole plan. Yeah, she absolutely was here. And Phil, we do see as they sort of advance to the base here that like, they basically hit the command tower. They basically Gorn basically distracts everybody and sends people off the along the way. The one flaw here is that like they jam the communications, but they they are just transponder did not like function up to to disguise their own communication. So Imperial Credit I'll give here the guy in the tower 
who quickly hears something going on and basically makes out vaults. Like, you know, I'm just going to take a team to investigate this. So, like, there's the only reason why this, they didn't get with all, the entire payroll loot. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that, like, like, like Nick said, it's a good plan. Uh, unfortunately, they, they got a little unlucky, really, there, that the technology kind of malfunctioned, and, uh, and that guy in the Empire was actually doing his job and paying attention. Nick, was this satisfying how this sort of blew up in your opinion? Because like we've seen years upon years upon years of imperial incompetence. So like it was a nice change of pace to see, like, you know, rebel technology is not perfect. They had some they're not using like the best sophisticated equipment. Something went wrong here, and then some of the empires actually competent enough to actually do their job correctly. Definitely. Yeah. Breath of fresh air. That's what the whole show has been, really. Yeah. Something yeah. different without it's been something different in the Star Wars world without taking a crap on stuff in the Star Wars world. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if the guest is allowed to jump in, but go, go, go uh, you said something you said something interesting, Mike, that I think deserves further uh, elaboration. The rebel technology, I, I like the fact that the rebel technology is inferior to the Empire's technology. It should be. That, that, that's one of the other things about the original movies that's a little like, uh, well, how come they have ships that are pretty much just as good as the Empire ships? Shouldn't the, the Empire has far more resources. They should have better technology. So uh, you're seeing at the beginning stages of the rebellion, they don't they don't really have the funding. Uh, I mean, think about what the heist is about. They're not stealing plans for a, for a secret weapon. They're stealing money because they need money. So uh, so it gives you a little more of uh, again just a, a little more realistic portrayal of what a rebellion is like at the ground level. Yeah, absolutely here. And Pete, we do see they get to the money and then they basically just like basically rope all the people who are there, all of the people who are just when we get come on these Empire guys really just playing cards and just get stormed in by all these rebels and then basically force them at gunpoint along with the common and B holes to basically follow all the money into the rail car so that they can fly away with it. They get about halfway through before the team shows up. Gorn's there too. He ends up be revealing himself as a turncoat here. So like I thought this whole situation was fun. I do think that, like, I feel another unlucky break for the Rebels there was, like, when Gorn basically, again, they have Beals' family as hostages to try and come through here. Instead of saying this, he tries to pass, like, oh, this is a training exercise. Don't disrupt us. And poor Beholds just dies and blows their cover completely. So I think that was another unfortunate break for the Rebels. Yeah, I, I may have to disagree with you. I don't think this scene was very strong. It was just a lot of yelling at people to put money in a in a ship and then he just comes out and just blows his cover just willy nilly like let's go i mean I, I thought maybe after all of that work and all that trouble he would try to continue to keep his cover there just in case they need more resources with the with the empire or something like that um i was i was kind of down on this heist when it came to the actual action part of it and we'll get to that in a little bit i'm sure when we do our ranking of the of the uh of the episode but um there's nothing wrong with the scene. It just, it was a little underwhelming. Yeah, Nick, in terms of Gorn, I'll say my counterpoint is this here. It's like, I think he kind of is pocketed at that point, just going along with the heist because assuming like he stays behind and they all of a sudden the entire payroll is missing here. Like everybody's going to look at him and say, Hey, you let the forks guys in who just took over the whole thing. Therefore you're going to get like, basically like, like hung by the empire for treason. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I fall in the middle, I guess. I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed the heist, but I see Pete's points. Um, what I will say is, though, we talk, we keep talking about the Empire, excuse me, the Rebellion in the early stages and how they don't have this, they don't have that. Although I'm enjoying seeing this in front of our eyes and seeing the early stages, this has to be the last time we see this. In Obi, we see a little bit with Roken and the gang. Rebels, the whole show is about it. Rogue One is about it. So, I'm kind of tired. Like, this is okay. This is fine now, but they can't do it again where they show the early stages of the rebellion again. We've seen it. We know how it comes to be. This is still nice to see because it's really the beginning. But we've seen this 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 storyline already, and they better not do it again. It better be the last time. Yeah, Phil, in terms of the action of the ice, I think the one thing I liked about this is, like, obviously, I think they – Nailed the visual effects of the uh, of the eye uh, meteor shower thing. That looked really cool when they were doing it. I like they were cutting back and forth between the frantic action, them trying to load the money onto the freighter, and the pe the villagers outside celebrating the sky and all that, the eye and all that stuff. I thought that sequence, I thought the way they cut that back and forth, that was very fun. 
the, the eye was awesome. I, I don't think anybody could disagree with that. It was a, just a visual, perfectly done visual. Uh, and and clearly, I, you know more about that than I do, Mike, but clearly they put some serious time and effort into creating that kind of visual. That that, that was great. Uh, but, but I do kind of agree with Pete on the, the heist itself. Uh, it did have a kind of hard time following what was going on. It seemed like people were just kind of yelling at each other, put the money in the in the ship. Uh, but that's kind of what a heist is also at the, by the same token. So uh, um, I did like juxtaposing it, though, with this uh, just unbelievable meteor shower. Yeah, P, as the visual guy of this podcast, how do you think the Scott, the eye looked in terms of like the uh, shots, like the shots there, like how it looked visually? Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, this this show, and I'll I'll back myself on this all the time. Is this show cinematography and and just the way they're presenting the visuals is just top notch. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, we've seen Disney shows uh, specifically. I think one of the more criticized shows, and I haven't seen yet, is She Hulk, is where some of the CGI is not that great. And I think maybe you know you take from one, put into another. And I don't know if this show is going to have worse cgi later in the show because they use their budget in the beginning or if it's going to go throughout but it, it's been it's been phenomenal absolutely has here and nick we do we also at this point when the team from the tower shows up to try and figure out what's going on you get the big firefight and we, so we start losing people left and right T- like tamarin gets killed goran gets killed the, at the uh, we end up having it like at the end we see the cassian vel nemec and skiing get on the ship Nemec literally doesn't like can't hold on correctly and gets his legs crushed in this situation. Syntic is left behind. Like, like the whole helter skelter ending of this, like, really did just sort of way waste to most of this team. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting that Skeen was all about helping him. I guess he needed a place to go talk with him, right? Did he say that? Yeah, basically. So, we'll, we'll talk about that real quick here, what, Phil, because is that what he said, though? Something to that effect, I believe he said. Or was that something I watched where he said I needed a place to sit with you and chat? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was but, it. Uh, what were you going to say, Mike? I was going to toss it to Phil for a second because basically we see that they're escaping the planet here. Syndic is left behind. There's on the ship. Nemec is like severely injured. And we have this whole debate on the ship where Vel says like after we had this thrilling sequence where Cassian flies through the eye and they all, they burn up three TIE fighters getting away. We see that they have this debate on the ship where or uh, Vel's like, we have to go. We have to go drop this money. We don't. We're on a timetable. And Skeen says, no, we have to save this kid, Namek. We have a doctor contingency built. Let's go to the doctor. And then Cassie ends up being deciding. Though I thought this was a fun dilemma here because this set up a nice heel turn for Skeen in in the ep- uh, next couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a classic uh, heel turn. That that's that's all exactly what it is. Uh, they're trying to throw you off into thinking Skeen is this great guy who's trying to help when uh, really he's like. Next, they're just looking for an excuse to get lay low and figure out a way to actually pull off this stealing the money. Um, but uh, but I, I the, the can I just comment on the way that they killed Nemec? Uh, I thought that was a little stupid. He got hit <laughs> by a pile of money, so he's dead. Like uh, they they, I would have rather seen the guy get shot or something, and he doesn't die immediately, but he ends up dying of his injuries or something like that. Uh, but getting hit by a pile of money seems kind of stupid. Or, or even have Skeen uh, be the one who accidentally injures him. Or so that that could have been interesting. But uh, just getting hit by money seemed like a pretty stupid way to get rid of the character. I'm not sure why that was the why that was the choice of death. But did you notice anyone when Nemec was directing? Cassian through the sky. Did you notice the words he was using? He's using he was like a climb and dive mostly. Yeah, he was using climb because that's what K2SO tells Andor in Rogue One is to climb the tower. Yeah. It's, it's, a, right. it's a call back to that. So that's why he was saying climb. Yeah, I thought that that's interesting as well here. And I think he probably is most happy if Phil's talk about how stupid Nemec's death was here because again, I guarantee that like the money probably does weigh a lot, but like the the amount of force that like it took to, like it should not have like completely paralyzed him and like lead to like life ending injuries. Why not just have him get shot? I don't really understand. Like, oh. was there some sort of theme behind it or some sort of symbolism that money is not good? Like, maybe, but like, you think a man that was smart 
would listen to Cassian when he said, hold on to something when he went to go. Now, I don't know if it's more because he said, hold on, then just went and didn't give him a chance to hold on to anything. But the, I don't, I don't know. I, there was so many other ways or just let him live. Like who gives a crap? Like, I don't understand what, what, because the, this, you know, between, I don't know what you guys think, but I feel like we're kind of done with these characters for the rest of the show. I think we're probably going to get a new story arc next one because the way they ended this is just very like solo-ish and we'll talk about it a little bit. Not solo the movie like solo, like there's only going to be one person to focus on. And it just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it matters. And just the way they killed him off was just terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, Nick, you've said you for, look- week, for weeks, he said that he's marked for death and that he's going to be a big guy and motivates Cassie. And then, but the way they did it was kind of poor. Yeah, but if you look at the directors of the episodes, they had one, two, three. One, two, three was a director. Four, five, six was a singular director. Seven is its own director. Then eight, nine, ten is a trio. And then 11, 12 is a duo. So I think this episode coming out, seven might be a standalone episode that then leads us into the next storyline, just based on the directors. So, but yeah, I guess the, yeah, I see why they killed him. I just don't see why they killed him that way. Because they kill him to give him the, the, the book, whatever it was called, about the manifesto. Yeah, the manifesto. So that way, you know, whatever's in there, we'll find out. But I can see why they killed him, but I really don't see why they had to kill him in that way. And Unless there's something we're all missing. Really, really quickly, didn't he not take the manifesto? No, he did take it because Vel insisted on it. He didn't want to. I must have... I must, uh, I must, uh... Not say dozed off, but I, I didn't catch that. I guess so. Yeah, he takes it, and I think that's why they're going to kill him because that's the only way to let him uh, let his words continue to resonate with Cassian. So I'm not, I have no problem with killing him. I just thought that that was a stupid way to go. Yeah, I think maybe they they wanted to do something visually different because again, we see Gorn and like Tamarin get shot to death. We see basically like. Uh, Jay hold like basically faint like faints after all his torturing basically just passes out. They want a different way to kill Nemec and just sort of prolong the agony until he gets to that planet with the doctor. I think they could have come with a better way to do it. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, and speaking of, we get to this planet. We see this doctor basically working on treating him. And Nick, we get we got a we actual legitimate alien Star Wars here. We got a four arm doctor treating this guy. Yeah, and you could tell the we're supposed to be somewhat resemblant of Maz Kanata. Yeah. I think the the goggles, at least. Uh, but finally, it was our first alien. It took us six episodes to get an alien in the show. That's really crazy, huh? Yeah, but like, did, did it looked at me like, it looked like the arms were practical effects. So it didn't look like they were actually like doing CGI. It looked like there actually was a, co- a guy in a costume that actually had like, those are mechanics to operate the forearms. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like it's simple enough to do that, right? It's not something that was so yeah. crazy that they needed to do some sort of CGI with. Like if he had like, um, like Kit Fisto's head, then you, you know, that's kind of hard, right? Yeah. And we do get this conversation where Vel's inside the doctor treating Nemec and Skeen sitting outside with Cassie and, and Pete basically talks like, Hey, like want a chance to talk to you. Like there's 80, there's like 80 million credits in there. We'll split it half and half. Screw these guys. We'll leave. And then this is where it's because Cassie basically, He's been in for the money for a while. Or he just says, I just want need to get my credit to survive. He just like gets so turned off by, by skiing. I don't know whether it's just out of fear or just like out of just like, like anger or whatever. He just kills him like right away. So I thought that was an interesting way to end that character. I mean, he's a real piece of crap, right? Yeah. I mean, Skeen's the first one to be like the, 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 the squad first, you know, you brought this outsider in, we're a team to, Hey, you want to split the money and run and leave them? Like, what the what the hell? Like, yeah. that was not as, as quick as a Roken swap, but like, where did that development come from? He was so gung ho about the plan and the mission and the the squad, and we don't trust you and all this stuff. Who knows? Maybe that was his own insecurity because he wasn't to be trusted. It, it just oh, that bothered the hell out of me. I, I mean, he's just a real piece of crap. So what do you think about Skeen here? I feel like they were setting up groundwork that we shouldn't trust him over the last two weeks, and especially like the whole thing where like he's going around pulling knives on people to like say, "Hey, you're not alert." So like I do think it's like they're dropping hints that he's not to be trusted, but I wonder if like we need one more scene to sort of set this up. Yeah, it's it's a good heel turn, but but I don't think it was the best heel turn. Uh, could have been another scene to you know like something that could have been interesting is uh, if Nemec 
died because uh, may, maybe when Cassian said, hold on, uh, Skeen kind of, you know, maybe gave him an elbow or something and shoved him a little bit, like a, a subtle shove. Something like that would have, I think, set up a little bit more of a uh, heel turn. It was kind of subtle. It was, uh, but but there there was some foreshadowing of it, and it does it did serve a good purpose too uh, towards Cassian's character development because uh, now Cassian is at least, while he's still motivated by money and protecting himself, he's starting to develop somewhat of a bond for other people and and these uh these people who half of them lost their lives trying to pull off this heist with him yeah nick i want to ask you here my my hypothetical here like let's say nemec survives this like let's say he managed like the doctor get him in time the doctor's able to save him do you think skiing is still pulling this move or you feel like i felt like he was the closest to nemec anybody on that team uh yeah probably yeah i think he's at the point then where it's He's doing it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I think he, he would. I think he would have done it regardless. You think at that point, like once he saw how salaries goes, like I'm just taking my money and running. I'm getting. I'm getting out of this situation. I do. Yeah. Um. So I, I think. What do you think? It really matters. But he said there's 80 million on the ship, right? Yes. They say we take 40 million each. Do you think, based on that, I think it's safe to assume that the credit is equal to a dollar? About yeah, I would say so. Like forty million would be like forty million dollars. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, basically, it sounds like Skeen's idea was like, I'm gonna go hide, I'm gonna go like build, find my own moon, and just like no way can find me again. Yep. Was- you know, by, by the way, I, I guess uh, humans have no chance of really being surgeons in this world, right? Uh, <laughs> they, you can't. How can you compete with a guy with four arms? Got no chance. Maybe you need to have like maybe you have like a like if you had like a Jedi surgeon, like maybe you use the force, maybe that's your chance to compete. Yeah, that's about your only chance. I have to also deal with the all the, the medicine doctors, you know, like the one who put Luke's hand yep. in the thing yeah, and the one who's at all all the robots who yeah. put Anakin in the suit. Or the back to tanks. As we start yeah. as we learned from Boba Fett. Yeah, we, we should get some more flashbacks. I actually, we, I actually believe that we should have more flashbacks in the show. I'm surprised we only have those so far. Do you think we'll get more? I think we'll get more. I feel like as we, I think we should. They still have the carrot hanging out there, Cassie and sister that started this whole thing in the premiere. So I think we are gonna get back to that at some point. Yeah, I hope so. Okay, and we also see here that basically afterwards, uh, Cassie goes in to the operating room after Vel after Vel tells him Nemec is dead. He says, I just killed Skeen. Like, Skeen wanted to cut them, cut and run. He said, I'm taking what I was promised, which is basically, I think, the 200,000 credits that ne- that Luthan offered to pay. And he says, I'm taking mine, and I'm going to pay the doctor for his ship and take the doctor's ship and leave. Like, you take the rest of his back and, gives, and give Luthan back his uh, Kyber crystal. And then we see basically the whole thing where she says, like, take Nemec's manifesto. Cassian tries to refuse it, and he says, she says, he wants you to have it. He ends up taking it here, Pete. What do you think it shows about where Cassian is, like as his headspace at this point of his journey? You know, I think I think he's just done with the, the squad and the mission. I just think he's like, I want to get the hell out of here, and I don't think he wanted anything to do with the squad, and that's why he first refused the manifesto. I think maybe at some point he started to feel like, okay, you know, Nemec was the only one that you know, Nemec was the only one that actually wanted to converse with me and trusted me and saw me as a part of the team. So maybe that kind of gave him that change of heart. Yeah. Yeah, Phil, what do you think about this at the end here where he, what Cassian does here with his, with this information? That he's killed Skeen, that there's 80 million credits, and he just takes basically what he was promised and doesn't go for a penny more. So uh, a couple of thoughts on that. The, the first is um, I, I thought about this a little bit when I was watching it and then more after, and and I it occurred to me that Cassian didn't really have a choice but to go into the operating room pointing the gun like he did because he realizes that uh, Vel is never going to believe him that Skeen actually said this because she trusts Skeen over him, right? She barely knows him. She's known Skeen for longer. So uh, so he realizes that they're never going to believe me. But the fact that he goes in there and only asks for the 30000 he's owed, that I thought to be... Uh, showing a character who is who's changing because he very easily could have went in there shot her shot the doctor 
blown off. He's got 80 million credits and, uh, and, and, you know, it seems to me like 80 million credits in this world. Uh, you never have to work again. Your kids never have to work again. Your grandkids never have to work again. So, uh, he, he could have done that, but, uh, but by not doing that, it shows that his character is starting to develop some sort of a, uh, a little more of an, maybe an honor code than, than maybe he used to have. Maybe that's the right way to say it. But, but, but I did realize that he has no choice but to go in there pointing a gun because they're just never going to believe him. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, then we'll sort of wrap up here. We'll go, on, go back to Coruscant where we see a lot of fallout here. Uh, Pete, we think anything interesting out of the ISB where we see they, everybody hustling in for this late night meeting about the, the incident out dying that's gotten everybody's attention. Uh, to, to me, I didn't really see much that was interesting. I mean, it makes sense. I think it's a good part of the of the show. I think it's it's kind of needed. But I I didn't catch anything interesting, and maybe I missed some some stuff along the way there. Yeah, maybe it sets us up that maybe we get some of the bigger wigs at ISB involved here. Now we have a more blatant rebel attack that we that we gotten before. Maybe Agent Callus. Or let's di- let's go. Yeah, for Agent or Director Krennic. Rather callous, got to be honest, but <laughs> absolutely. that's not a statement at all. Yeah, absolutely here. And Nick, we also get a little bit on the Senate floor where Mon Mothma is trying to present some reform bill she's working on. And then while it's going on, we see that we see the Senate floor. A lot of the positive MPs, a lot of the senators clearly couldn't be bothered to show up for this presentation. And the ones who are there keep getting distracted because they're getting these news on the tablets about the Aldani raise. What do you think about this? Yeah, I think it, it's, it could be a number of things. It, could be well yeah you're right they're all getting distracted but it could be that those seats are empty for one of two reasons it could be that they all heard about this attack and it's like oh my god oh my god or what i'm believing is they don't bother going to senate anymore what's the point they have no power they know they have no power what's the point of being there you're just gonna just sit there talking politics you can come to a conclusion and be like yeah we're gonna do this and then you find out the next day no the emperor decided not to do that because he has all power anyway so what's the difference so why is there even a Senate? But that actually confuses me and goes against Canada a little bit because in um, A New Hope, Leia says, like, when the Imperial Senate learns what you did, like, they'll st- they will not stand for this, like, as if they have some sort of power and if the Emperor needs to keep them in line. But we're seeing here that 10 years or five years prior, that's not the case. So maybe it is because of the attacks that no one showed up at, at the Senate that day. I don't know. Yeah, maybe she's just blowing smoke, trying to like talk tough to Vader. I don't think so because because they make it seem like the Senate is a big deal, and they even said that on the Death Star too, where he said like when the Senate catches wind of this, and he says, the Senate's no longer a concern to us. So I, I think the Senate is a big deal, and I think that the attacks are the reason the Senate's empty. I also could say that like maybe like Mon Mothma's thing is very niche, and people just don't care about it, and then it's like ah, it this- could be like it could be like this is you're right, it could be like a not like a Senate meeting could be like, watch, come see Mon Mothma's presentation. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like I say, this doesn't impact me. Not like a mandatory meeting called by the emperor. (laughs) That's for sure. And Phil, like anything. I I had a slightly different take on, on that. I actually think that what, what they're trying to show there is that the Senate is not necessarily controlled by the emperor and that the emperor just says, yeah, I don't care what you say. But control, I think what they're trying to show you is that the bureaucrats just couldn't be, in, they couldn't care less about their job. All they care about is their money and their power. And I think the emperor understands that in order to keep them on his side, he just needs to make sure they're rich. And I think uh, Mon's husband is a perfect example of that. He doesn't care about politics. He has enough money and he's happy. And I think the that's what the emperor does. to. And I think that's that's kind of a historical analogy too. In, in history, that was the way. If you wanted to take over a country, you make the rich people richer, and they will support you. And I think the emperor understands that, despite the fact that he is a powerful Sith lord, and he still needs the bureaucrats' support. And the way to do that is money. And and they show you that in the show, right? The the difference of Coruscant, the wealth of Coruscant versus some of these remote planets, is night and day. And that's because they mine these remote planets for resources and bring them back to Coruscant for money. So I think that's what it is. I think the emperor is able to control these bureaucrats with money. That's an interesting take for sure here. And Pete, we do end the episode here with Luthen once again as our, as our close of the episode where he sees at his shop and 
he hears like a report like, oh, there's a big raid on Aldani. And like, you have any, re- the guy, Cutter's like, you have any artifacts on there? Because like, there was a big raid and now like the, a, bu- a bunch of rebels stole some money. You see him go to the back. He has a little happy dance. And then I think it's a fun little way to close it. Say, hey, he starts like, hey, it worked. Like we're in business. Yeah, I'm fine with this ending. I think it's a it's a good way to tie everything in, especially because he was the one that was trying to get this all set up. So, um, I, yeah, I didn't mind it. I think it was a good way to do it. And Nick, seeing Luthen happy did like make my heart flutter a little bit because I was like, like this guy's been going through so much and stressing so much. Now he sees he gets a win. You said Luthen? Yeah. I'm curious as to because this heist passed, and he's gonna get paid, obviously, right? Yeah, he's he's collecting his money. He's, do you think he cares about Mon Mothma anymore and the cause? I think he does. I I'm think... curious as to where his character goes next. Because are we done with him? Is he going to become an enemy to Mon Mothma? Is he going to be an enemy to Cassian? If not, then what's the point of him? I feel like he's got to be having Cassian flipping on him. I feel like he's going to try and pull Cassian back in. Do so you think he'll be the, the enemy to Cassian, not the enemy to Mon Mothma? I feel like Mon Mothma and him are working tight together. I think he said, Ka- like, I don't think he's ha- throw with how Cassian, like, just sort of, like, like pump, cut and ran after he got after he got paid. True, true, true. All right, so that's. I, I think I, I think I agree with you as well. Um, um, there's also something else that I wanted to mention that is proof that the um, uh, what's it called? The dinner is over, and it happened already. Okay. So I'm trying to find the exact wording on this right now, and, and it's I'm having a hard time doing it. But I know that if you listen to what Mon Mothma is talking about in the Senate, do you remember what she was saying? Something about like reform bill for like Groshans or something like that? Yeah, I'm trying to find the name of that planet. You think yeah. you're right. Uh, long story short is it's it's Sly Moore's thing yeah. that she's rebelling against. Yep. And it came up at the dinner. So it's proof that the dinner already happened. All right. Well, we'll put, we'll put that I in. I think that's right. So I don't I think, think it's the end of Slymore. And I think Slymore is actually, if you, there's no way to prove this. It's too zoomed out. But you see the center console in yep. the Senate where the emperor usually is. He's not there, clearly, right? I yep. think Slymore is in the middle because there's a bold person in the middle that you can't really see. All right, well, we'll put that aside because, like, I know there was a scene in the trailer that had Mon Mothma and Luthan some sort of party thing, so maybe there's something for a, a different one down the line. But, like, I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, I think best. I don't think there's a dinner, but I think there's something coming up. I, I think we're going to see, I think we're going to meet Slime more. Yeah, because I also noticed, like, there was a scene that once in the trailer, like, like Mon Mothma's wearing, like, the gold dress or whatever, and she's talking to Luthan at a party. I think maybe we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I uh, hope that we will meet Slime more there. Well, we still may, but let's now let's go ahead and go wrap the episode. We'll start going to some of our trackers. We'll start with our character draft, where every week we update this, and there has been no update through three weeks, through six six weeks of the show. So right now, Team Mike has Bail Organa, C3PO, and Director Krennic. Team Nick took a big hit tonight with uh, the Senate floor zone without Palpatine. We have Palpatine, General Draven, and Ahsoka on Nick's team. Pete's team, Jen Erso, Harrison, Dula, Agent Callus. Phil, do you think anybody scores a point here before the season's over? Um, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think you're going to see any of these characters, uh, for, for a variety of reasons. Um, I think bail, uh, you, you got a lot of bail with, uh, with Obi-Wan C3PO, maybe, uh, Orson Krennic. I don't think they're going to want to recast him. Poppleton, you might see Ahsoka. I don't think so because she's getting her own show. Uh, Felicity Jones, I can't imagine they can afford to throw her on this show for so. Uh, so no, I don't think you're going to see any of these people. But if you made me pick one of them, I would probably pick Poppleteen. I could see him in some sort of a maybe season finale brief cameo, kind of like doing his evil emperor laugh. Yeah, Nick, I think you got hurt today. I think we were expecting that Santi or Palpatine shows up, and he was not there. Um, yeah, unless there's another scene in the Senate, but I, I just take his, I take Ian McDermott's comments from Star Wars Celebration very unseriously when he says, 
I will not be in these shows coming up, but my presence will be felt. And then he's in Obi-Wan right away. <laughs> so I don't believe him at all. I think he's definitely going to be in the show. I'll say, though, Pete, I feel like you and I got a big bump from the ISB being getting more heavily involved here. Would we have a shot here at Krennic and Callus? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And uh, Draven, I was confident with, but now I'm not because I think he'll be in the second season, but not here. Yeah, I think him and, B- and K2SL show up together, basically. Yeah. All right, so... That's the character draft. We'll see one of these weeks. Maybe we'll update it. If not, this could be a zero action kind of deal. But let's go now to our trackers here. If it's zero, we just roll it over to the next show. We roll over the next show. Pete took his draft order again for Mandalorian season th- season three. That would be what, what happens here. Yeah. All right. Which is going to be really hard. It will be really hard. We're not, well, that's, we have still sick about probably five, six months to think about this. But, but these aren't that hard. Like the shows like Obi-Wan and this, because when it takes place, we know so many characters that are alive. Yep. And who could show up and let the characters who are alive in the Mandalorian era? Unless it's like the original three, like, you know, obviously, you know, Leia's not showing up. Carrie Fisher can't. If it's Mark Hamill, if that's Harrison, like, there's no one else. Yeah. That's Chewie. Lando. There's really not that many people that could show up in that in that time frame. So, like, it's the team that could be much harder to draft. Yeah, it's even more of a challenge. Let's get to our trackers. I think we keep track of every week here. Nick, once again, no Hondo. So, again, we're going to go on record. He's not coming in this show. Not yet. Not yet, for sure. We'll uh, see him. We'll see him here. Yeah, Hondo, uh, the, the, you know, the, the Hondo thing, I, I really just, I don't get it. Uh, they, 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 this guy's all over Disney World, and they, they don't put him on the shows. I don't Why they put so much effort into him at Disney World? I don't get it. We thought for a long time the skeleton crew was going to be the Hondo show without Jude Law was going to play him, but we found recently that's not the case. Yeah, I don't get it. They must be saving him for something. I'm sure they probably are here. Once again, the cameo tracker also stays untouched, Pete. No animated, no live action. So, again, this is very much still its own thing. Yep. When, when, well, well, define cameo. Cameo has to be someone who's not, like, who's not announced. Not announced. So, like, when Saw Gerrera shows up, it doesn't count. Well, I mean, he does count. We're, we're going to count Saw because he wanted A, Trigger, and B, he's not in the main cast of the show, so. Okay. So, we're going to count Saw when he get, gets there. It might be as soon as next week we see Saw, anyway, so that's possible. Phil, Could we be. Well, one thing I like about the show is that after the arcs, like after episode three and after this episode, I, we have no clue what's coming next. It could be anything. It could be anything here. I think we're going to reset this. Phil, we did get one new planet this week. Wherever the doctor lives, that's his, where they put doctor's planet on the track. We have six planets now we've been through on the show. Is it, is it six? Okay. Yeah, that, that's that's one of the cooler things about Star Wars shows, by the way, just as a, on the side, seeing different planets. So I like that. Yeah, we're getting off Aldani here. No more classic lines, Pete. So, again, I think this one might stay zero on the whole show at this point. Probably. Probably not getting that. Yeah, update. you're gonna you'll get a scream at some point. Either a scream or somebody's gonna say may the force be with you. You get one of them, they call it the well heaven scream. Yep. You'll get one of those. I think we'll get one of those here. And last not least, uh Nick, we added two more of the indoor kill count this week. He killed one guy inside the base, he killed Skeens. We're up to four. Oh, it's gonna be a lot higher. Yeah. He's no chopper. He went, he went two zero 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 two. Yep. So he is. So he's he is no chopper. He's no. He's forty nine thousand nine hundred and ninety eight behind chopper. One hundred ninety six behind chopper. Yep, he's way behind chopper here. So that is the trackers for the week here. Now we're gonna go to next up here, MVP and LVP. Boy, every week we give out points for who the best and worst characters of the episode are. So here's the current board through five episodes. Cassie Andor is on top at plus seven. Luthen in second place at plus four. Tie for 30 plus two between Mon Mothma and Lieutenant Gorn. Rest in peace, Lieutenant Gorn. Marva Andor plus one. Bix Kayleen at zero. The two Stooges that Andor kills in the premiere get negative one. Gorn's lackeys, thanks to D-Mart last week, negative one. Blevin, negative one. Nick's got a chance to add more points to him at some point, I'm assuming. Tim with two M's, negative two. Perrin, Mon Mothma's husband, negative two. Lita, Mon Mothma's daughter, negative two. And former Deputy Inspector Karn is negative seven, so he's bringing up the rear here. So we'll start out accentuating the positive here. Phil, give us your MVP of the week. Who is the best character of the week? I think it's easy. It's it's Nemec. Nemec is the best character of the week uh, for all the reasons I said earlier. He's he's incredibly important to the canon. Uh, I, 
it's not his fault that they chose to kill him in a stupid way. So I'm going with Nemec. All right, so Nemec is on the board here with an MVP point here. I'm gonna, you know, give one to I'm gonna give one to Sinta. I feel like Sinta does a very good job in keeping the mission on track here. I mean, she comes in, gets the kill done, she plants the tracker, she basically gets Vel and Kurt keep her going when Vel is like terrified to start the mission. So Sinta gets a point from me. Pete, who is your MVP of the week? I'm gonna be boring and stick with you. I'm going Sinta. Yeah. I think she really uh, drives this whole episode. Absolutely. Nick, who are you adding to the board? Uh, I'm with you as well. I, I I think her and uh, Vel worked well in that episode together as being like the, the badasses who came in at the end and saved the day. And then it was more her than Vel. So I'm going to give it to her. All right. LVPs now. We'll go the other way. I'll start this one. I'm going to give it to uh, Commandant Behaz, uh, who this guy is really like a piece of crap. Like the way he talks to his wife and uh, wife and son, like how arrogant he is with the Empire, how, like, oblivious he is to, like, what Gorn's doing in the background and, like, how completely inept it is when, like, he's trying to communicate for help or whatever. I'm giving an LVP to B has to get us started here in this section. Pete, who's your LVP? Giving it to Vel. I feel like Vel seizes up and makes the mission even more late before she jumps off the thing and she talks, like, this big game in the beginning, how she... You have to be ready for these missions. You can't hesitate, all this stuff. And she's the one hesitating. They also show her planting the device that's supposed to cut communication. And then right after they kind of zoom in on it almost to show like maybe there's going to be something wrong with how she did it. I don't know if it's because it's faulty hardware or because she didn't set it up correctly. But I, I don't know. She talked a big game and then she was, and, you know, talked about the mission, the mission, the mission. And then when they're leaving, right, they're leaving, they were more worried about, um, uh, Nemec, right? They're more worried about Nemec and say, and, and Cassie's like, Where the hell am I going? I'm just, I'm flying blind. So I, I, I'm going to give her the LVP. Uh, Nick, LVP for you. Uh, I'm going to go with you, Mike, and give it to, um, Behads. Yep. I think he, like I said, he's exactly what the Empire is in one person. Oh, not what the Empire is. He's what, what's wrong with the Empire in one person. Yep. And, uh, that's, yeah, there's really nothing else to say about him except he comes off like an ass and he is an ass. Yes, he is an ass. And Phil, you want to close out the LE piece. Who's the worst character of the week? So you could go in a couple of different directions here. You could say the doctor, because uh, he can't save a guy from getting hit by a pile of money. So he <laughs> doesn't seem like a great doctor. Could say him. You could say the Imperial Senate as a whole, because they can't be bothered to show up for their job. But uh, I think I still got to go with Skeen. It's just that, that that's just not a good way to pull that off. You know what? Also, if you want to steal the money, you're alone with Cassian. I guess he figured I need Cassian to fly the ship for me. I don't know how to fly it. But that's just not not the way to pull off the, the, the heel turn. So I'm going with Skeen. That's a good call there, Pete, as well, because, I mean, like, this is the same guy who last episode pulled a knife on Cassie's throat. Like, hey, want to split the money? Yeah, I mean, it, I, again, Vel kind of also has that kind of personality, too, not where she wanted to screw the team over, but, like, again, she was all badass and, like, you need to be ready. You need to make sure. You can't hesitate. And then she goes and hesitates because she's afraid to jump off this thing, which, granted, I don't blame her, but, like, don't talk a big game and then don't actually produce what you're supposed to do. All right, so that's the LVP section here. Now, let's going to grade the episode here. So, Pete, you can start us off on this one. Give me your grade for episode six. Are we doing half grades or no? You can do half. We can. We try to avoid it, but if you have to, it's fine. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a six. I'm, I, it's it's going to seem low to you guys and maybe to some of the viewers, but I just I found this episode very underwhelming for what they built it up to be. Um I think like I talked about with Vel and then the whole squad and everyone talking about loyalty and you got to be ready. And this is high stakes, high stakes. It, it all went a little too smoothly for it to be so high stakes. And most of the heist was them screaming at people to get money and put the money in the van. Like it just, it wasn't like anything groundbreaking to me. I just kind of heard them yelling and screaming. And then when one of their guys got hurt, even though people died, they were more concerned about the person hurt than completing the mission. I don't know. Uh, to wait two two weeks to get that kind of heist, to me, just very underwhelming. So I'm giving it a six. All right, Nick, you're up. 
I'm I'm gonna give it a nine. I actually thinking about how much I liked it and thinking, well, how much better could it have been? Like, what did it not, what what did it not do that I wanted it to do? And there's not many there's not many answers. Like it pretty much hit everything I wanted it to hit, so I'm I'm happy with it. All right, uh, Phil, you're you're predict you're great for the week. Um, I'm also going with a nine. I would have given it a ten, but I again I just am so displeased with the way that Nemec died, so I won't give it a 10. But uh but I I thought it hit where it was supposed to hit. I, I do agree with Pete that the height was a little too smooth sailing for my liking. But overall, uh th- just between the eye and seeing the character development and some of the ground level building up of a rebellion, it's it's what I want. So I'm giving it a nine. Yeah, I'll close it. I'll give it an eight. I feel like this is a solid episode. I do see the issues P has definitely with like the way the heist executed the end and like the heel turn that Skeen has is very quick and just sort of like you do kind of get hints of it, but it sort of makes no sense. But I love the eye. The visuals were great. The cutting, like I said, I love the sequence. They're cutting back and forth between the the frantics of the heist and the like jubilation of the villagers celebrating. I thought the the we got the, just the right amount of the other storylines going on here that didn't overwhelm the heist, which was the main focus of the episode. I thought they did a good job overall, so I'll give it an eight. I think they can do better, which is why I feel I'm not giving it the fine. I think they have higher highs in them than what we got today. And last but not least, predictions for next week. Nick, you get to start this one off. I think we're going to go to the party with Mon Mothma, and I think Boss will be there. And I think we'll have um, a Saw Guerrero sighting. sighting. All right. So I wrote down your prediction here. I wrote down Mon Mothma host boss for dinner. That's Nick's official prediction. Yep. (laughs) All right. uh, Phil, your prediction. I think you're going to get a lot of uh, ISB. And um, and I don't know her name, but the, the blonde uh, the blonde woman who seems to be uh, trying to gun for a promotion, Deidre. Yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of her and uh, how she becomes the 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 big bad of the show, going after Cassie, and uh, so I think you're going to get a lot of that, trying to figure out what happened on on uh, for the heist, and I also think you're going to get some flashbacks. Uh, to a younger Cassian uh, as well. All right, so I'm up for predictions now. I think we're going to have a time jump here. I think, like, you're going to sort of have to let the dust settle a bit from this. I think there's going to be some stuff going on here. I'm going to say that we do jump at least a couple months in the future here. I think we do get Saw Guerrero here. There's going to be some sort of presence with him. I mean, he meets Andor. I also think for this one, I do feel like we are going to get, like, sort of this big like ISB meeting here. I think we are going to get some ISB big wigs show up here. So I think we're going to, I think my prediction here is we're getting a point in the dragons for either me or Pete. And Pete, you want to wrap up the predictions? Yeah, I feel like you guys kind of said it all, what I thought was going to happen, but I think it's going to be ISB heavy. I think we're going to get Karn again. We're going to get more of his storyline. I think episode seven is going to be a culmination of all the storylines and where, you know, where are they now? I think that's going to kind of be what seven is. Um, I'm hoping for now a long runtime of that because that could be a little bit dry and boring, but we'll, we'll see. All right. So you think it's sort of like our pace, like our take, we take a breath before we sort of launch the next big thing before the uh, next big arc. Yeah, I think it's a refresher. I think, you know, all we got was the heist. The heist is over, so that storyline is over. I don't think we're going to see... I don't even think we're going to see Vel ever again. I think it's. I think those characters are done dead in the water. I think we're going to go move on to other things. Um, and we're just going to touch upon the other storylines that we did in last episode. So more Luthan and Mon Mothma and the ISB. I think, yeah, Luthan, Mon Mothma, ISB, and I also think you're going to get more Karn. Um, what... You know, he's doing stuff like that. So this could be an episode like episode six of Book of Boba Fett, where Boba Fett's barely in it. Maybe Cassie's barely in this episode. Yeah, that's kind of what I fear, but also... Who sees Saw in the trailer? Luthan sees Saw in the trailer? Uh, we see him in the trailer. Who? Like, I think Luthan sees him. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm saying Saw, right? Yeah. It's in- Saw and Luthan in the, in the trailer, right? Yeah, I think there's a meet set up. It's where Saw sets up... Uh, I mean, Luthan sets up Saw and Andor. 
Is Forrest okay. Whitaker playing Saw again? Yes. Oh, I, I did not know that. All right, I'm excited to see that. Absolutely. So that's what's coming up here next week. Phil, thanks for taking all the time to come on here. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad you could like, make your Sky Guys debut here to give us the toast at Nick's wedding. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, um, I'm happy to come on for any Star Wars content. Uh, watch it all. Looking forward to Mando, Ahsoka, all the above. Absolutely. Here, Thanks for coming on here. Pete, people want to follow you on the social media streets. How can I do that? At PJConStory29 on Twitter. Um, hockey's in full swing. Rangers are playing Winnipeg right now. Just tied at 1-1. to But you guys probably know the final score already since this is coming out after this game. But, yeah. Follow me there. Absolutely here. And Nick, if you want to follow you on social media, how can I do that? Nick Fry underscore nine on Twitter. And it's just retweeting stuff here. You can get a little clips from the episodes. All right. You can also follow me on Twitter, MPhilis331. It's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. Over this week on the Justin and Suffering Podcast, a couple episodes at SNY's Anthony McCarron on to preview the playoffs, break down the end of the Mets season. They did some NFL picks with uh, Kevin Lillis on there and Next actually going to be on the Justin Suffering Podcast next week doing some NBA over-unders. Yeah, I wonder who we'll take. Yeah, you and I know this, but the rest of the panel does not. Yep, we did this a couple nights ago, but as the people listening to this, you're going to have to wait. Absolutely, and for the Sky Guys audience, sorry about the delay this week, but we'll be back on more of a regular schedule next week for Episode 7, so we'll expect a more quicker turnaround time on that one. We'll probably be back to recording on Wednesday, hopefully, if not, hopefully a Thursday. But until then, may the force be with you.